the reason that I'm, I'm using it tonight. I'm using this verse tonight, Philippians 2.13, because it has to do with what we've been talking about. It's the Word of God, and every single part of the Word of God is powerful and can change your life. So Philippians 2.13, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, feel free to bring that anytime. Uh, we've also got them laying around back here. We'd love for you to have one. Um, if you don't have one, feel free to take that home or come see me, and I'll be sure you get one. Uh, my Bible app is freaking out up here. Give me a second. I uh, just went to Leviticus 19 out of nowhere, so give me a second here. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. Philippians 2.13, sorry about that, says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. The last few weeks, this is our fourth week of being on a series called, we've called it The First Move. And the whole idea is, is that God existed first. And everything about God existed first. It existed before you, it existed before anything that you've ever experienced. God came first. And we first of all, we discovered in 1 John 4.19 that we love Him because He first loved us. That our love for Him, if you've ever had a moment where you said, I love God, or I love Jesus, or my affections and attractions are stirred towards God, where you felt like He was speaking to you. That moment happened because God loves you first. The next week, week number two, we talked about the fact that God had thought about you first. Before you ever took your first breath, God had thought about you. Jeremiah 29.11, which you've probably heard before, says that He had plans for you plans to prosper you, plans for hope and a future, okay? So he thought about you long before you were ever born. Psalms 139 says that he saw you before you were born. Before you knew your name, before your parents even knew your name, he had already thought about you. He had already had a plan for your life. Psalms 139 tells us that every single day of your life is laid out before God like a book that you've already read. Okay? You know the beginning, you know the middle, and you know the end. That's the way God is with your life. He planned the whole thing. He knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. He's all-knowing. He knows it all. So He loved us first. He thought about us first. And then last week we talked about the fact that He was perfect first. This is important because if He was perfect first, we don't have to worry about being perfect. Because He came and He was perfect on our behalf. And if we believe in the person of Jesus Christ, and we believe that He came to this earth and He died on the cross, He lived that perfect life, He not only lived the perfect life, but He died on the cross and erased our sins. If we believe that, then we can experience eternal salvation with God in heaven. Apart from that, the Bible describes the place as eternal separation from God and in hell. So that's the first three weeks. And tonight, I wanted you to hear from the Word of God that not only did He love us first, not only did He think about us first, not only was He perfect first, but I want you to see that He had power first. And that's what this verse kind of tells us. It says it's, it's God that's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Alright? I don't know how interested you are in your walk with Jesus. I don't know how interested you are in Christianity. I don't know what your reasons and your motives are for being here. But here's the fact. If you've ever sat back and thought, man, I really do think God has a plan for me. I really do think God wants to do something with my life. 
I really do feel as if there's something out there for me and He's really planned it. He's called me to do something or I know that He's real. I know that He's saved me. And you've had these thoughts and you've had these desires stirred up. This verse tells me that it is God that's working in you. That takes the pressure off of me and you to go out and do everything on our own. Now that... When He takes a hold of us, we begin to do those things, but it's not you that's doing the work. It's not me that's doing the work. This verse tells us that God's working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So tonight I wanted to go over the fact that He had power first, alright? I want you to think about it from this perspective. Anything and everything that you own, no matter what it is, came from somewhere before you had it. Alright? Maybe you've got something on right now that you're pretty excited about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That new clothes, swag. you got something new. You start walking into the room and you feel good about yourself because you got on that new thing that you just bought. And it's real exciting and you think you look good. At least you think you look good, right? And you walk in and everything's cool and you're waiting for somebody to say, I like that. So it's just, just registered in your head. Okay, someone's noticed, right? I don't know if you're that way, maybe it's just me. I'm the only weird guy in here that likes new clothes. But anyway, the point being is, is no matter what it is that you have, it came from somewhere first. You didn't, it didn't you just appear and then you had it. Somewhere, someone, something had it before you and it was transferred to you, okay? Weak analogy, but the same goes with power and your desire to please God. It came from somewhere. You didn't just wake up one day and muster up the desire to want to know more about God. You didn't just wake up one day and somewhere out of the blue, in and of your own power, and in and of your own mind, and in and of your own just self-control and discipline, and, and just I'm going to do it this time type attitude, decide today's the day I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior. And today's the day that I'm going to go out and change the world for God. Today's the day I'm going to start reading my Bible. Today I'm going to pray. Today I'm going to help someone. That doesn't come from within you. It came from somewhere else. It's a pretty easy answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If I had to ask you where those desires came from, what would you say? It comes from God. It comes from Jesus. It comes from somewhere besides you and me. We try to come up with the right answers in our own minds. We try to muster it up on our own. But the fact is, if you know what I'm talking about, we've all tried to do it on our own at some point, And we fail every single time. And that's because we're not relying on what it is that Jesus has done for us already. See, if we're focusing on what it is that we can do, me and you are going to fall short every time. The Bible says that there's not one single person that has ever breathed the breath of life that was good. There's not one good, no, not one. If God was to leave you all alone on your own, if God was to leave me alone, all alone on my own, and do nothing for us on our behalf. I would never make one good decision. You would never make one single good decision. But because this verse here we can rest upon the fact, Philippians 2.13, God is working in you, giving you the desire to please Him. But He doesn't stop there. Because... How, how terrible would it be for me to give, for him to give you the desire to please him and then just leave it at that and not give you the ability to please him? I sure want to do that, but I can't. 
I sure want to do that, but I'm not good enough. I sure want to do that, but I don't have the talents and abilities. I sure want to do that, but I'm just really not that type of person. But this, see here, this verse goes beyond the fact that he stirs up your desires and he says, okay, I'm not only going to give you the desire, I'm going to give you the power to do what it is I've started making you and allowing you to want to do. He doesn't just leave us hanging there. So every single thing that you've ever desired in your heart that had to do with God came from somewhere else. And this is completely freeing and gives liberty to me and you in the fact that now we're not sitting back, sitting on our seats, looking up at God and saying, okay, what is it you want me to do today? What is it I'm supposed to do now? Now we want to talk to God. We want to pray and ask Him where it is we're supposed to go. But what this does is it takes the pressure of you performing and trying to please God. What this verse tells me is that if it was left up to you to please God, you wouldn't do it. If it was left up to me to please God, I'd fall short. I could not please Him. Several weeks ago we talked about the fact that God's standard for your life is perfection. God's standard for my life is perfection. How many of you here can raise your hand and say, I'm perfect in every single way and every single aspect of life? Okay, nobody. Alright, that's everybody. Like the verse I just quoted, right? Every single person that's ever taken a breath. The Bible says there's not one single person good in the eyes of God by yourself. So that that's where Jesus comes in. It's when the, He came to the earth and He died on the cross. He erased your mistakes and then He lived the perfect life for you because you're incapable of doing so. And so it takes the pressure off of me and you to have to make the right decision every single time because Jesus made those decisions for us. You say, hold on, but time out, Casey. Is that, does that mean that God literally expects absolutely nothing out of me? Now that God has done everything for me, now that He sent His Son to pay for my sins, and I had a zero, but He gave me a perfect score, now that He sent His Son, and He's wiped you clean and given you a perfect record, does that mean that there's nothing else that you have to do? Of course not. Because this is what begins to happen. In your life, this is what the Bible says, Philippians 2.13, God's working in you to give you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. He doesn't leave you hanging like that. He doesn't give you a gospel that says, okay, now you're perfect in the eyes of God. You can just sit there. He gives you a gospel that's a complete package. He gives you this, this amazing, true story, factual, historical event that happened that wasn't just great. It set you and everyone else free that would believe it. Not just that He forgave you, not just that He gave you perfection on your behalf by living it through Jesus. He not only does that, He says, not only will I do that for you, I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to give you the faith to believe in me. I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to give you the courage to step out and say something when you need to say it. I'm going to go a step further beyond just making you perfect in the eyes of God. I'm going to go beyond just forgiving you, which is amazing. And I'm going to give you the boldness to stand up in your high school and make the right decision when everybody around you is not. I'm going to give you the faith to believe and trust that I am real and that I really am with you every single step of the way. 
I'm going to give you the faith and trust to actually believe that if life was to end right now and you stood before Jesus, that you really are perfect in His eyes because of what He did on the cross. I'm going to go a step further beyond just doing all that for you. And I'm going to give you, we just lost battery. I can, I can talk louder. Now. Ready? Here we go. Alright? I'm going to go a step beyond that and I'm going to give you the desire Okay, I'm going to go beyond that and give you the desire to please me. And I'm going to go even another step further, not just give you the desire. I'm going to actually give you the power to do it. I'm, going to, I'm providing everything for you. See, do you understand how, short, how much of a short sale it would be if he just said, okay, I'm going to forgive you. And he just left it at that. You imperfect person who cannot please me, I'm just going to forgive you. And he left it at that. No, he takes it a step further and he says, not only will I forgive you, but this verse tells me that he stirs in our hearts the desire to please him. He stirs in our hearts not only the desire to please him, but he starts stirring in our hearts and he starts planting seeds down inside of our heart and watering them and growing them up under his own power that we would not only believe in the fact that he forgave us, but we would begin to want to please him instead of the other things that naturally, naturally have our attention. And we go a step further and he gives us the power to actually do those things. So here's the deal. There's a lot of things that me and you naturally desire. Okay? On the funny side, I naturally desire Dr. Pepper. Okay? There's not a second of any day that goes by that I would not want a Dr. Pepper if you gave it to me. That's just a natural desire of mine. Okay? Let me tell you what an unnatural desire of mine is. It is not natural and does not come to me naturally in and of my own self to want to pray. Casey, you're the youth pastor, man. You're supposed to be praying 24-7. You better be praying. Now, I agree with that, okay? But the fact is, that doesn't come naturally out of Casey's heart. Why? Because I'm not perfect. Because I can't please God on my own. And the same for you. Alright? Let me just tell you something else that doesn't come naturally for me. It doesn't come naturally for me to want to read the Bible. Straight up, whoever wants to read basically anything. There might be a couple of readers in here, but the fact is, man, if I start reading, I'm going to fall asleep straight up. I don't want to read. But you know what? God stirs in my heart a desire to read on His own. He extends His hand and loves me first. He extends His hand and thinks about me first. He extended His hand and His Son to me by living a perfect life first. And He didn't stop there. He goes on and gives me desires to please Him, and He gives me the power to do the things that please Him. Now listen to me. You might say through the last four weeks, or just tonight, whatever you've heard, what's the big deal that God came first? What's the big deal that He loved me first? Before I loved Him. I don't understand the importance behind the fact that He thought about me before I thought about Him. I don't understand the importance in my life as to why that He was perfect before I ever lived. Or that He had power before I ever experienced any type of ability. What's the big deal? What's the application for me in my life and the things that I'm doing? Well, what's important about this? The whole idea behind the whole deal... And the idea that the Bible presents that God came before you 
is that He is greater than all. He is more powerful than all. He is awesome. He is majestic. We should exalt Him. We should praise Him. We should glorify Him in every single aspect of our lives. And what happens when we begin to realize that God came way before we did, and not just that He came before us, that He was more powerful than we are. That He's so beyond more powerful than we are that it's not even comparable. We cannot even compare to the power of God. That inside of you and inside of me is an absolute zero ability to do anything for God on behalf of God. You can't do it. I can't do it. But what an amazing fact that a God who created us to begin with, knowing that we would be imperfect, sent us His only Son to live a perfect life when we could not, to pay for our sins and mistakes when we would not, And then He stirs the desire in our heart to please Him. And then He gives us the power to do what pleases Him. That is an amazing story. Now you tell me, do you want to try to make it through life on your own, flying in the face of this God who loved you first, thought about you first, was already perfect well before you even knew your own name, and He has more power than you could possibly imagine, and you want to do it on your own? Or do you want to simply accept the invitation that He's offering you tonight to call out to Him and say, I need that kind of God. I need that kind of Savior. I need that kind of love in my life because I cannot do it on my own. You cannot do it on your own. It leaves us hanging on the edge of our seats, hoping, wishing, and calling out for someone, for something to save us where we're at right now. Because when we read through the Bible and we realize who we are and who God is, we have to have Him or we're all alone. We have to have Him or we're doomed. We have to have Him The only thing that can please a perfect God is perfection. The only thing that can please a holy God is perfect holiness. The only thing that can please an all-powerful God is complete and all-powerful power. Do you understand that? And so He looks down and sees the fact that you are not capable, that I am not capable of meeting these demands that He has. So He sacrifices His only Son to take care of all of it and far beyond. So this is what we're going to do tonight. Since I don't have a microphone, we're just going to chill like we did just a second ago. It's going to be a quiet moment in your life where you steal your heart, you steal your mind, You put everything on pause. And you contemplate the fact that this almighty, all-powerful God knows your name. Knows your pain. Knows your suffering. Knows your worst thoughts and knows your best thoughts. That this almighty, powerful God who demands perfection sent perfection here on your behalf through His Son, Jesus. And then in these moments that we're Pause. 
we're going to be thinking about the fact that He is inviting you right now. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about the facts that were displayed before you tonight. That God loved you first. Think about that. Before you ever made your first choice and mistake, He loved you. He thinks about you more than the sand on the seashore, the Word of God tells us. He's perfect in every way. And His power cannot be matched. And He looks down on me and you, as Psalms 8 says, and what is man that you are mindful of Him? Who am I that you even know who I am in the grand scheme of life and across this vast universe? But He still looks down and sees you to the very core of your being and knows what you're going through right this very second. Friend, He's inviting you into a relationship. This whole idea, this whole Bible, this whole factual historical story of things that happen in this God that is real and exists is because He created you to be an instrument and tool for His glory. And He is inviting you into this relationship. As someone that invites you to hang out, as someone that invites you to a party, as someone that invites you to go anywhere, God is inviting you. He has already extended His hand towards you to simply accept that. If you're in here tonight and you say, Casey, I want to accept this invitation. I want to accept the invitation that is laid before me to love this God who already loves me. To think about this God who has already thought about me. To rest in the perfection of this God who made all the right decisions before I ever took my first breath. And to rely on the power of God instead of my own power, my own self-righteousness, and my own good works that I might be able to muster up a few times out of the year. If that's you and you say, I want to accept that invitation. Every head is bowed looking at the floor. Eyes are closed. I want you to raise your hand right now. You say, I want to receive and I want to accept that invitation. Hands all over the room. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. You're in here tonight and the Spirit of God is stirring inside of you. This verse is a fact. This verse is a promise that God is working inside of you. He's giving you desires right this very second. From, from heaven, on high, from His throne, He is reaching down through His Holy Spirit and giving you the desire to please Him. You say, Casey, I've accepted the invitation at some point in my life before. But I want... I want to, and I feel God leading to, and He's wooing me and pulling me in and attracting me with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And, and the desire to please Him has been there, but I, I've kind of lacked on the power to do the things that please Him. If that's you in here tonight and you say, Casey, I want, to, I want to take it a step further because God's leading me there. I feel like He's drawing me a step closer. I feel like he's, he's giving me the power to do the things that pleases Him and I want to begin to do that through His power and not my own. I want to stop trying to please God and get His attention and I want to rest in the fact that God is already impressed with me through His Son Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. A few more hands, I see them. Thank you. 
Jesus, tonight we come before You acknowledging that You are greater than we are. That You are more powerful than we are. We're acknowledging Your love. We're acknowledging Your grace. We're acknowledging Your mercy. And God, we come before You humbled at the fact that You even know who we are. Much less You sent Your Son. And much less... God, you, you, you perfected us through the blood of Jesus and You're giving us desires to please You and You're giving us the power to please You. I pray through the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God that You would stir our hearts. That You would stir our hearts. That we would not stir our own, but that You would stir our hearts. And that it would be a lasting effect. That it would go on, that You would sustain us. We're incapable of sustaining ourselves, but You would sustain us, that You would give us perseverance, that You would give us determination, that You would give us the diligence and the endurance to continue, because we don't have that inside of us. Yeah, we pray for the desire to please You tonight. We pray for the desire to love people. We pray for the desire to love You We pray for the desire to pray. We pray for the desire. We're asking you for the desire to read your word. These are things that do not come natural to us. And we're asking you to give us those desires. We're asking for you to give us the power to do these things that please you. That we would go beyond just the desire and it would begin to happen and unfold in our lives because of what you're doing. Jesus, we're thankful for Your Word and the fact that You love us even when we're not lovable. That You love us even though that we made mistakes and that You wiped us clean. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.